help them paint a picture of what they want to be known for. Then, and only after then, do you start picking up your pencil and start sketching logos. Our cause of spread knowledge and knowledge should not hidden behind paywalls. We have Daniel Patterson on our episode today. He is a founder and creative director of Highly Media, and he is a brand strategist and an identity designer. He shared a lot of value on today's episode by describing what exactly is branding and how young creatives can get into the field of brand strategy and identity design. He also shared his experience of how he has transformed from an architect uh, to running a design consultancy right now. So stay tuned. Hi Daniel, welcome to Notes of Design. It's a great pleasure hosting you on a podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Tej. Thank you very much for having me. So, Daniel, you being a creative director and a founder of a design consultancy, it would be really great if you could give a small brief about you to our listeners out there. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tej. Thanks very much. So, I come from uh, the UK. Um, I was born in Belfast, and not to give you my entire story, I moved to uh, Wales uh, after I graduated with a degree in architecture. So perhaps I can relate to some of your engineering folk and and design folk that way. Um, but I actually graduated in time for the financial crisis about ten years ago now. Actually, it might be a little longer, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, and with that. I had to pretty much start again. So I started in graphic design. I started looking at how I could adapt the skills and experience that I had gained to date. And I started freelancing as a designer um, up to the point now, 10 years later, where I have a design consultancy, a branding agency in Wales, where I serve um, customers large and small. And... Um, in things like graphic design, but building brands and creating unforgettable brands. That's that's great, Daniel. Uh, our listeners will be really pleased to know all that. So, uh, for our audience out there, like who are young creatives, uh, as you have uh, explored so much in your career, right, from architecture to graphic design and all, and now you have a design agency altogether. So, if someone really wants to start from scratch getting into the branding and logo design what will be your few tips to them oh, a great question tej because that's exactly the journey that i started on i had no experience working in a in an agency i came out of education uh, with without any actual graphic design skills or skills in logo design or branding and i simply started the journey and what i would encourage uh, your listeners to do as well is to start a journey of picking up a pencil <laughs> and having a go. Um, there are a lot of students who might um, do some hypothetical drawings. For example, they might take Coca-Cola or Amazon or some of these big guys and have a go at drawing it in their own style. But I think the, the bottom line, Tej, is, and for those listening, is give it a go. You will find that when you are designing or when you have a pencil in your hand and you look back at what you do today in say one or two years time, you'll be horrified by where you started with. 
but you've got to start somewhere. You will find that as you go on and as you design your 100th logo, it'll be a hundred times better than when you started. So in order to get started, you've just got to get started. Now, what I had done, Tej, is I had, I went on social media, for example, and I said to my friends and family, I'm thinking about starting freelancing in this. Can I help anyone? And, you know, one or two people did get in touch and I helped them out. I helped out some local churches and charities I did that for free and pro bono. That's a great place to start as well. Really help people who will appreciate it and who can't afford it to, in order to build your skill base. Because at the end of the day, when you start approaching your commercial customers, or if you're looking to get paid for your work, they will want to see examples of what they can expect to receive. So having a portfolio is is absolutely vital to helping you sell your work and as you go on you can start charging more and more and you will find that the clients that you build and that you work for will actually tell their friends and their family and their colleagues and their business partners and their and their network as well um, about you and especially if you're doing logo designer branding because it's so visible everyone can see it yeah. And it raises questions. If you do a really, really, really good job, then it will be a talking point and people will ask who did that. And that's how you can get your name out. That's how I started Tej. And, uh, and now I run a, a design agency in the a brand new creative hub in Wales. It's the center of the creative industry, really, in, in, in my country. Um, or it is the beginnings of it. I share space with local TV studios and stations and other amazing creative industries where I can rub shoulders with um, some fantastic people in, in my area. But that's, this is 10 years later down the line. But in order to get started, to answer your question, Tej, is pick up a pencil and have a go. That's great, Daniel. Thank you so much. So yeah, uh, picking up the pen, paper and pencil method is the initial stage for anything. And thanks for giving uh, insight towards your journey and making it really exemplary practical. There's a belief in like outside that branding just deals with making a logo and it just deals with uh, the colors associated with brand. So what exactly is brand strategy and how do you define branding? Thanks for the question again. As you said, there is a misconception that branding is the logo design. It's the logo. When someone asks you, oh, do you do branding? Quite often they might be asking you, do you do logo design? And actually the opposite is true as well. I have a lot of clients or potential clients who pick up the phone to me and ask me, um, do you do logo design? When actually the question is, in that instance, do you do brand identity design? And you've touched on a point about what is brand strategy? And both those two things merged together to really form branding. So instead, um, you know, branding isn't on its own logo or advertising or colors or typography. It's, it's much more than that. It's actually how a customer feels about your company or its products and services. That's, that's actually the real value of what a brand is. When we put ourselves in the shoes as a customer, when we think of some of the big brands out there, if I was to ask you, Tej, what do you think about Apple as a company, assuming that we know who Apple is, what would you say? It's a tech giant. A tech giant, okay. What else does it mean to you? 
it means uh, it it shows it shows luxury it it shows uh, to create brand essence it shows the values that they have implemented uh, in them to create that uh, potential that they have the market right now so that's all reflects the apple score this thing Chris. Yeah, you mentioned words like luxury, tech giants. You know that that's what it means to you. Um, quality, expensive. Some people might say as well, and all of those aspects are the meaning or what we have described Apple to be, and that's what it means to us. And that is what branding is. Branding isn't actually what we say it is as designers or as business owners. It's what the consumer says. It's what people outside of our control say the only thing that we can do though is influence what people think about us we can try and influence and that is the mark and the beginnings of a brand strategy it's figuring out who do we want to be how do we want to be known creating a strategy around how we can influence customers and potential customers to value us in the way that we hope that they will value us. And then that's when like the likes of colors and logo design and the name and the values that we have all come together and piece together to paint that picture of what we hope our customers will think about us and what they will tell other people about us. So if it's luxury, if it's tech giant, it's no accident that that's what you're saying because that has been part of Apple's brand strategy, that you will think that, that they will be a leader in their industry. As a, a brand consultancy and an owner of a brand consultancy, this is exactly what I do with my clients and what you can do if you're a business owner or if you are hoping to help businesses and charities and other organizations is to help them paint a picture of what they want to be known for. Then... And only after then do you start picking up your pencil and start sketching logos. Wow. Thanks. And that, that actually taught me a few new stuff as well. So thank you on that. So there, uh, once we discuss on what it's all about, now comes to the uh, point to the, about the pricing. Like uh, Many people are confused about how much you actually should charge a client, should charge for a logo. This is like a very big best going around in our design circle itself. So outside also, there's a lot of confusion. Okay. Like how much one should exactly charge for a brand this thing. Yeah, I get this question a lot as well, uh, Tej. And the answer is, I'm pretty disappointing really, is that there is no actual answer to that. If you follow the likes of Chris Doe at The Future, he's got some fantastic videos on YouTube that you can check out that goes through pricing and he will explore and encourage designers to explore the value pricing model. So in basic sense, what that means is asking a business the question, how much is this worth and not trying to answer the question, how much should I be paid? So if it adds, for example, if at the end of the day, um, the value of a really great logo design and brand identity design could add a hundred thousand US dollars to onto that business's value, then value pricing says, well, how, well, if it's worth a hundred thousand dollars, 
do you, well, how much of my service is worth to you then if, it, if it's going to give you $100,000? Because that gets you away from the question of fighting over, is it $5, is it $50, is it $500? Um, or whatever pricing structure that you use is trying to figure out what the value is. That's what Christo would say. The reality though, when you are starting out in business or when you're starting out trying to do local design or offering branding, is most of your clients aren't going to be earning $100,000 additional because of, as a result of the services that you provide. It's probably going to just help them get started perhaps when they don't even know how much the value of the company is going to be, in which case a really good way to try and price your structure is to start small and then double it for every client that you go uh, that you go uh, on to next and just keep going until you realize where your ceiling is. So for example, when I started out, I think one of my first logos I charged me about $100, somewhere around there. And I kept going until I was charging $5,000 for a logo. But the thing is, though, it's not just the same product that you're providing. I, I wrap up a logo in, a, in an identity design. I provide brand strategy. I do all the bits and pieces that we just talked about to provide that extra value. Um, and when you get to the big boys that are earning millions of dollars, then you can have a whole different structure and talk about value. Wow, Dan, that was really helpful. So, like, what do you think uh, for organizations which are at a higher level, like, uh, there's this term going right around the rebranding thing, like, how, how will it affect to a larger organization or a company? For example, right now, if you take, like, Subway recently had their rebranding for their whole experience and uh, their brand values altogether. So, how do you think, like, when, when does a company actually comes or thinks about rebranding that? Okay, there, there might be quite a few reasons. Some brands out there will rebrand just because in order to make them feel or make their customers feel like they are constantly innovating and that they are constantly evolving and constantly changing and improving. Some brands will do that. Um, I mean, you can, own, you can look at the history of Microsoft, for example, and every few years they will rebrand when they bring out a new operating system. They quite often will change the logo design. They will maybe update the colors slightly. And that's, that's to give our customers a sense or their customers a sense that they are changing and they're evolving and they're constantly moving. Whereas you have other brands that might rebrand because they are losing money they might not understand why they have lost their reach. They have, um, they have basically lost touch and are losing a battle somehow. And it's a rescue mission is needed. Is needed, and perhaps a rebrand is part of that solution. Sometimes the products are fine. It might be just that the brand is no longer connecting with the, their audience. So that might be another reason. I mean, this is this is a big part and parcel of when you get into brand consultancy is figuring, figuring out where the real pain is and where the value is. Yeah. I mean, can you think, have you had any experience? Have you seen any other brands that have changed and you've not perhaps understood why? Yeah. Pepsi is one of them. Sometimes as well, companies will go through a, a reorganization. They will put a new CEO yeah. in place. The best example is of the Google thing right now. So Google Maps, like I was traveling recently 
and all of a sudden there was an update and then google maps the icon the logo for itself is quite changed and it was really hard for me yeah. for to actually figure out where that uh, logo went find the app <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wonder if I would put Google in the same camp as we need to be seen as being innovative. But then again, they are masters at looking at their analytics and they will tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak until they try to find the point of perfection. Most companies don't have that luxury to invest that amount of time and experience in their company. But uh, yeah, some, some other companies might, might change their organizational structure. A new CEO comes in, a new managing director comes in and they want to change things because they just want to change things. I can also think of uh, another reason uh, for one of my clients and they, um, they had uh, quite um, a negative. Um, they had quite a, a negative brand. They had had some difficulties with the press. They were weren't known uh, for for providing a very good service, um, and yeah, they had some troubles that way. And and what they decided to do was they put rebranding on the table after they had spent a few years figuring out and sorting out their culture and sorting out their services and polishing it and making it a lot better. And by introducing a new brand identity and updating it and bringing a refresh to it, what they were telling and communicating to their customers and the press and the, uh, the locality and their followers was, we have changed we have made things for the better and they wanted to disassociate the negative feelings and the negative um, part of what they were known for. It's very, very, very hard if you don't provide an excellent service and an excellent product to come back from that, improving what you're known for, improving people's perception of you is very, very challenging and a rebrand certainly can help do that but you've got to get the core of the business actually sorted in the first place. So actually that's what like the Google Maps knew this thing. Uh, I can, I really love the concept of their, the, the pin location that we actually do on or physical maps. They have implemented that in their new law. And that's really amazing. Uh, so I have recently posted that uh, on my Instagram design walk as well. I really loved uh, their sense of, and they have that such luxury to do that as well, uh, to get in people's head, right? So instant. So thanks, Dan, for uh, giving us so much uh, details and uh, throwing us so much values and branding and things, keeping our podcast limitless. So now I want to skip to uh, the last conclusion part. Uh, any of your favorite reads that you want to suggest to our audience? Um, favorite reads? Well, there's, there's a lot of books you can read uh, for sure. If you are looking at branding and logo design, then Logo Design Love by David Airy. That's a great book to start with. It will inspire you. It will encourage you to pick up a pencil and have a go. Yeah, that, that would be a great book to start off with, I'd say. Thank you so much once again for coming over and talking and giving so much value, Dan. It means a lot. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure, Tej. It's been an absolute wonderful journey going through this. If you, I hope you've enjoyed. It's been a, you know, Tej is a great guy. I really hope that you, you do fantastic, Tej, your, your vision for helping people and inspiring people will go a long way and certainly if you'd like to learn more 
Tej on Instagram is is how I how how we met. I I my handle is at branding Dan if you want to follow me as well. But Tej's design warp is is fantastic as well. Make sure you drop in uh, lots of likes and comments and encourage this fella because he's got a lot more to give. Thank you so much, Dan, for all the love and support. We'd like to host you again in coming months. so that we uh, you could give even more greater insights on the brand story cuz it's a long journey it's a we can't actually wrap it up in 15 minutes so we'd love to host you again happy designing everyone